Hello fellow true crime lovers. Welcome back for part two of the tale of Jolly Joseph. Fennel Imprint True Crime Tapes is receiving so much love and support and we are grateful, especially to other hosts who have been so generous with their advice and guidance. To help us grow, we ask that you just like, join, subscribe, and follow us on all the social media platforms. We want you to tell us what we are doing right and what we might have slipped up on. As long as the result of your feedback is better podcast, we welcome it. When we last visited India, Charlie Joseph had already had a body count of four. If you are only starting to listen to our story now, we recommend you start with the first part to get the complete story. Let's continue with the case that shocked India to its core. It was a reason to celebrate, and while Sili, Soju's wife, played hostess, Jolly seemingly was happily playing with Alfine, the two-year-old daughter of Sili and Soju. Jolly was well aware that Sili would be too busy to feed the toddler. She offered to prepare the child some mutton curry and bread, but to ensure she was not implicated, asked another aunt to feed little Alfine. According to Jolly's confession, the first two bites went fine. Then the child began to cry. The aunt was instructed to put more food in her mouth. Alphine was just being naughty, but within a minute, foam appeared around her tiny mouth, and she collapsed on the ground in the grip of debilitating spasms. She was rushed to the hospital, but since the doctors had no idea what they were treating the little girl for, she eventually passed away. The most tragic aspect of this death was not only the age of the victim, but the reasoning behind the murder. People had become mere pawns in her game of chess, and the loss of a life which would benefit her in the long run was unfortunate, but necessary. She knew she wanted to marry Soju, and his son was the age of her boys, but she no desire to be a mother and a nursemaid to a little girl. The child also had heart and kidney problems, which would increase the amount of care given to her. To Jolly, it just seemed the obvious solution for the problem she foresaw in the grand scheme she was executing.
way Jolly orchestrated her final murder is not a clear indication that we are dealing with a cool, calculating psychopath, then nothing will sway your mind. Silly was devastated after the death of Alfine. Jolly quickly stepped in the role of pillar to the shattered woman. Jolly would sit with Silly for hours while she cried about the passing of her beloved daughter. Jolly, who had become the embodiment of the words, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, offered the support of a mother and the closeness of the two women was obvious to everyone. No one can replace the death of a child, but Silly having another child became almost an all-consuming purpose. Jolly failed the first time she tried to poison Silly. Silly had been taking an herbal concoction to induce fertility, and shortly after consuming a glass of the traditional medicine, Silly became very sick. She was rushed to the hospital, and despite the fact doctors only gave her a 5% rate of recovery, she survived. On 11 January 2016, a distant relative of Silly had a wedding and as usual she wore her most beautiful garments and all her expensive jewelry. For some odd reason, Saju, who was petrified of the dentist, made an appointment scheduled after the wedding at 1 o'clock. Once there, Soju went into the dentist's cabin while his wife, Jolly, and their boys waited in the reception area. By now, Jolly had perfected the art of transferring the deadly powder from her handbag, always keeping her nails short and ensuring that her hand had no cuts. While they were waiting, Jolly gave Silly a cup of water laced with cyanide poisoning. Potassium cyanide is not only hard to detect, smelling only slightly of almonds, it was easy to give the unsuspecting Silly a glass of water that she finished. All Soju would later recall was the cries from his son in the waiting room as his mother collapsed into Jolly's lap. Her body racked in spasms, bundling everyone into the car. Jolly drove to the hospital, choosing a longer route and a medical facility a little further in an attempt to ensure Silly was beyond saving by the time she received treatment. This time Jolly succeeded and Silly was declared dead on arrival. Once again, no inquest was requested and in a brilliant move, Jolly ensured not only that someone else signed the death certificate, but that Soju removed all Silly's jewelry. Johnson, who was a longtime friend of the family and also one of the many men Jolly had an affair with, would later identify a piece of jewelry that belonged to Silly as a piece Jolly asked him to sell for her. By now, her greed knew no boundaries, and in a bold move at Silly's funeral, Jolly went to kiss Silly's corpse at the exact time in the usual traditional manner, impression that there was some kind of bond between them. Hardly two months after passing of his wife, Jolly approached Saju with the proposal of marriage, but he opted to wait the customary year before they married and in 2017 is when their union was sealed. The marriage between Jolly and Soju was by no means a love match. Soju, who was later completely cleared of all charges, openly admits that he felt his son needed a mother and a house the hand of a woman. Once again, we have to ask ourselves why none of her victims realized they were being used as pawns in her game. 
Was she such a crafty manipulator that she could convince everyone that nothing was untoward? Any amateur slot would know that serial killers have a couple of things in common. Firstly, the shortening of periods between killings is significant. With each kill, Jolly is becoming more brazen and is a little more careless. People who kill do it for one of three reasons, love, greed, or pride. So far, Jolly has committed murder for all three of those reasons. Unfortunately, it is also true that the only way a killer is stopped is either he or she dies or gets caught. In Florida, Roju could not shake the feeling that the deaths in his family over the last 16 years were not all natural. Especially Roy's death bothered him tremendously. His brother was many things but not suicidal. Also, where would Roy find cyanide so readily? The question that bothered him the most though was, if Jolly was preparing Roy's omelets, why was there undigested food in his digestive system? To Rojo, it was not about the money or the property. His instincts told him something was wrong, and thus he traveled to India and in 2017, he successfully had all the remains of his relatives exhumed following his request for an inquest. Jolly vehemently objected to the inquest. The souls of the departed would not rest if they were dug up, she argued, but to no avail. She pleaded with Roju to let the murder go for the sake of peace in the family, but her frantic offer to give him property of his parents in an attempt to bribe him to stop with his search for answers only solidified his resolve. The rumor mill in the small village had already been turning and when Roju was granted permission for the inquest in March 2019, Jolly could literally see her house of cards falling down. When her husband, Soju, asked her about the rumor that she had been faking her position as a respected professor at NIT, she shrugged and surrendered defeat. When her son confronted her with the rumor that she had murdered their father, her reaction was the same. On 5th October 2019, the police finally arrested Jolly Joseph under the suspicion of murder. Once the news about the crime broke, people from all over India flocked to the village to behold the woman whose face was constantly displayed on their television screens. The Indian criminal and court system is different in many ways to that of the systems in the West. For one, the accused is taken to the place where the crime was committed, and thus Jolly gave the police the two bottles of cyanide she had hidden in her pantry. Images on screen show a stoic Jolly with a poker face going from property to property to show police all the places she committed her crimes. During the walk with police to gather information and evidence, crowds of people lined the streets and shouted obscenities at her. On top of the walls on the streets, hundreds of people gathered all around in rural Kori Court, booing, shouting. Wanting to get a glimpse of 47-year-old Jolly Amma Joseph suspected of killing six members of a family over the span of 14 years, which includes her former husband's as well as her current husband's family. By now, Jolly had, without provocation, openly confessed in detail to all the charges made against her. Please hope that she will confess in a court in front of a magistrate, because if she does not do that, according to Indian law, her confession is not accepted in a court of law. Altogether, seven others have been implicated in the crimes committed by Jolly Joseph. 
from the politician Mr. Grimoire with whom Jolly did business to his lawyers and actuary who signed the falsified deeds. Ms. Matthews and Johnson, who were also Jolly's lovers, were detained for a period of time, but all accused so far, except for Jolly, have been released on bail. The wheels of justice in India grind slowly, but what is evident by the work the detectives have done, it grinds finally without prejudice. In a final act to escape responsibility for her actions, in the summer of 2020, wardens found an unconscious Jolly in her cell, profusely bleeding from her wrists. She had literally bitten into them to dodge the course of justice. This final attempt to avoid being punished for her crimes, however, did not help her third appeal for bail. On March 1st, 2021, she was once again told to remain in custody until a date for her hearing has been arranged. India still has the death sentence executed in a form of hangings. Only one woman has so far been convicted and sentenced to death. Shabnam Ali was sentenced to death for the brutal murder of seven of her family members because they refused her to enter into a romantic relationship with a man the family did not approve of. Her execution is currently still pending. We will have to wait and see what the court decides to be satisfactory punishment for Jolly, and currently the death penalty seems more than likely. So far, there has been no further updates and we promise to keep you posted on any further development in this troubling yet fascinating story of the ultimate betrayal by not only someone they love, but a member of their own family. Once again, thank you for the ongoing love and support, and we hope you enjoyed this journey into true crime with us. And if you'd like to support the show through PayPal and Patreon, we'll leave the link in the show notes. As always, any form of support is greatly appreciated, and it doesn't have to be financial. Sharing of episodes with friends and family and interacting on social media go a long way to help the show grow and improve. Our podcast pick for this episode is True Crime South Africa. Not only is every episode a good solid piece of investigative journalism, but Nicole is also one of the nicest people in the true crime community. Till next time, remember that real monsters hide in plain sight.